pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left, Britain's favourite video game radio show. My name is Steve Curran and this is Resonance 104.4 FM, the greatest radio station in the world. You might have already noticed that it's just my voice you're hearing this week. That's because Simon isn't here, as cleared by HR, and Anne is stuck in traffic. She could be anywhere. Well, actually, she couldn't. I know where she is. She's somewhere between Elephant and Castle and here, which is Borough, where Resonance FM is based. Uh, and that leaves me with a problem, should I, Phil? I considered playing some songs. Should I try and do the news on my own? I wasn't sure I was capable of doing that, given how me and Simon have struggled to do it ourselves before. And then I had an idea. In the vein of Resonance, the greatest arts radio station in the world, I thought I'd just read you a list. And the list I'm going to read you is the list of games on my Steam account. Archery. Selfie Tennis. Nought Degrees North, Nought Degrees West. Seven Billion Humans. Ten Second Ninja. Thirty Nine Days to Mars. 60 seconds. 140. 198X. 1000 amps. 1000 days to escape. 1001 spikes. Abandoned ship. Abbott's book. Absolute Drift Abzu Accounting Ace of Seafood Actual Sunlight A Dance of Fire and Ice AER Memories of Old Aerofly FS2 Aesthetic World A Fine Mess Agent A A Good Snowman is Hard to Find Alice's Patchworks 2 Alien Field Alt Space VR Amazing Frog American Fugitive Anarchute Ancient Code VR 
Anodyne Two. Another adventure. Another perspective. Anne Scantlebury. Hey Anne. Hi. How are you doing? Really good. Thanks for just bringing up my mic then, because obviously I've been here the whole time. It's good to have you here. It's really. What good an to intro be here. as well. Wow. What a build up. How's your day been? Oh wow. Long. Long. <laughs> really long. long. Yeah. Um, so happy to be here though. Just good. bringing my. Um, Outdoors headache with me as well. Oh no, I'm sorry to hear that. It's alright. Also, I realise I've got some jingly jewellery on. Do it's just ambience. Yeah. It's just ambience. just ambience. It's very ambience. different, isn't it, doing the radio show in winter? It is because it gets dark. It's dark outside, but it's warm in the Resonance 104.4 FM studio. We're a video game radio show. You've heard a lot of video game titles already today, <laughs> and you are going to hear more during the rest of the show. How's your week been? Um. Yeah, I can remember it. It's and been so, one of those. So that's uh, that's that's good. How are you, Steve? I'm okay. It's been an exciting day. Oh yeah. Well, um, I met all of my students for the first time today. All at once. Yes, big, 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 big meeting in the morning. All of the students turned up for the first time. I haven't seen them all summer, so that was super, super exciting. Is uh, it good meeting the future of the games industry? Is it ever good meeting the games, <laughs> seeing the face of the games industry? I think, no, it is. It is. It's nice seeing the bright and hopeful uh, young faces of the games industry before they're crushed by the games industry. Yes. That's not true. Uh, yes, yeah, so it's a, it's a game jam wink week at the university that I teach at. So it was kicking them off on that and then just watching them sail. Theme of the jam, seasons. Topical. Is it? Well, yeah, because we're changing seasons uh, oh, at the yeah. minute, aren't well, we? Always I'm always changing at the minute. Well, you feel right it Right at, at this minute. You feel you do it feel right it now. dark outside the yeah. studio. Uh, some of them making, making games to do with seasoning food. Very good. Would you accept that? Yeah, yeah 100%. I, I accepted that as well. Although rather more of the groups than I think each of them thinks. Uh. I think each of them is <laughs> like, so we've done something a bit clever. Are there any other applications of that word? Well, here was my suggestion for a game jam based on seasons. Mm -hmm. What I would do, obviously, try and be a bit left field, yeah. but I would assume that other people were picking seasoning food. What I thought is, why not do a game based on the art of games that have seasons. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're constructing a Fortnite light Fortnite like experience where you've got to keep making your seasons more and more extreme every mm -hmm. season to try and keep your audience. Uh, so I pitched that to them in yeah. the reaction. What about C T V seasons? That's good. Yeah. That's good. How do you make a game based on that? Uh just you've got to have a really explosive ending. Like once every 15 minutes. Really explosive ending. Okay. Uh, and and uh, characters got to die. Okay. And there's got to be a wedding. Yeah. Um, so maybe you have these story blocks that you've yeah. got to somehow position all inside the season. Yeah. It's kind of like a Tetrisy type thing. Yeah, you yeah, get yeah. given these things. You've got to somehow make many of them fit inside the block, the yeah. seasonal block, as it as happens. And then you get a rating. At yes. The end. There we go. I think we're just inventing. Yeah. If any of you Game out jam. there want to make mine and Anne's season game... Do. Let us know. You can be our Simon. Because <laughs> he's given up, hasn't he? Uh, making games. All right. Um, any other business? Well, I've had a busy week. We uh, relaunched Mario. Well, sort of. We re-announced a new name of Mario Key. Should we talk about that later? We will talk about that later because we don't have a guest. No super special guest today. No. That just means that we are all the more special. <laughs> we are special. <laughs> uh, do you have some news? Is it re revitalised news this it week? It is revitalised news. Refresh news. Refresh We're news. We're rebranding everything. This week. All right, you ready? Yeah. Seven oh eight on Monday, the twenty third of September. I'm Anne Scantlebury, and this is the news. Video games have been blamed for quite a lot in recent years, and the UK's inflation decrease has just been added to the list. According to the Office of National Statistics, the rate of inflation has dropped 
to its lowest in three years, 1.7%. And one of the key factors driving this is prices in recreation and culture sectors, sectors dropping, with computer games playing a major role. Prices of games, toys and hobbies fell by 5% between July and August this year. A decrease in sales of clothes from high street stores was another factor. I think this is super interesting, at least as pertains to my understanding of the inflation, uh, the sort of basket that they judge inflation on. Because I'd always thought that those prices changed driven on, um, I guess, economic circumstances. For example, the price of clothing might shift because of... uh, because of currency fluctuations mm-hmm. and perhaps the price of textiles or whatever else. But here, the price of video games is getting cheaper and cheaper, not because they're getting cheaper to make, I think, particularly, mm. but because of price wars, right? Uh, none more evident than Apple's launch of their service. 100 Have you subscribed to that yet? No, I wanted to do it live on the show. Oh, okay, excellent. You're going to... Okay, well, we'll talk about that later. Um, So, yeah, that's super, super interesting to me. Yeah, I saw um, somebody say that... Well, I think it was someone in Eurogamer say um, that there weren't... So, this is between July and August this year. Mm -hmm. There weren't very many big releases, which obviously had an impact on it. And people are becoming more used to there being free games. So, something like Fortnite, where you are, you know, you're not splashing out on uh, a, a lot of money mm-hmm. for one game that you're going to get a lot of, of um, play out of but you just you get the game for free and then you spend some money in it and that is slightly different than the like upfront right pay 60 quid for this I think this has been expected for some time at least from those who've grown up seeing the mobile segment dominated by free to play games but even that's changing now with subscription services, mm. as we've seen with Apple. Um, and just in, I imagine, without any evidence apart from instincts at all, that uh, Netflix has hurt DVD sales. You would assume so, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so I wonder what the, you, you would assume that similarly, uh, the launch of these services, these subscription services for games are going to absolutely um, crash video game sales as well. Uh, which brings us back to a question which has been coming up on One Life Left for years and years and years, which is how are developers going to get paid? Y- yeah, well, <laughs> uh, you know, if um, if there's a massive company behind it like Apple then they and they're launching a subscription service and they can... Put, give money because they want they want mm-hmm. content on their platforms. They can, and right now, what we know from our insiders is that they're paying a reasonable amount mm. uh, for for those games. But then, as it becomes more of a chat, you just got to keep getting stuff on there because people want new stuff again and again and again. I paid my four ninety nine this mm-hmm. month. Hey, why haven't I got a hundred new games today? Correct. Um, you're gonna have to. Yeah, it's it's gonna change slightly. And if we look at um, PlayStation Plus, which I think we've all let lapse now. Yeah, I uh, think I have. <laughs> not sure. Uh, back in the day, it felt amazing. You paid your whatever it was, you know, um, number of pounds, number of dollars per month, and you got a couple of free games mm. for your systems, and it felt incredible. Um, and developers were really, really excited because Sony were paying a certain amount of money for that. But then quickly, Sony realised that they could pay less and less for those games because developers were so eager to get mm. their games into PlayStation Plus. So that money went down for devs. Um, and I imagine the same is going to be true for the, the Netflix-style subscription services as well. It takes a lot to persuade you to get you, your game on there at the start. But suddenly, when it's the only way for you to make any money, as it became really on PlayStation Plus, uh, because you know you ship a game on PSN, it was really, really hard to see it, have it seen and picked up. Um, suddenly, you're prepared to accept a lower amount for the subscription service. So, yeah, it's interesting times, and I think slightly scary for devs, maybe not right now, but devs in five years' time. Mm. I th- I also think it's uh, just interesting the impact that video games and, you know, th- this change can have on the uh, on the economy, um, because I, I still think that there's a thing where some people don't necessarily take games very seriously or you know it's any conversation about them is oh they're really bad oh it's children playing them but they actually have a a, you know a material impact on things like the inflation rate and um it they uh did have a positive or is it positive if the inflation rate goes up Mm, anyway i think it depends who you are yeah in 2014 they did cause uh, an increase in inflation so you know swings and roundabouts ups and downs (laughs) 
E3 could be in for a major rebranding. That's according to some leaked documents intended for ESA members. E3 was once the place to announce games and make major announcements. But the event run by US trade body, the Entertainment Software Association, has seen publishers stepping away from the event and holding their own and streams. So what's it going to become? Next year's E3s could see itself become a fan, media and influencer event. There's hope that bringing celebrities and influencers into a public space could bring attention from outside games media. What does that mean? Uh, Opening it up to the public more. Okay. So increasing the number of uh, tickets for the public to, I think, around Mm -hmm. 25,000. Still maintaining a section which is uh, probably having the first day just for industry, uh, but then opening it up massively. Wait, Uh, first day for industry to see games or to see influencers or to Get, see both of those ooh, things. Oh, I don't know. Where do the influencers sit in this E3 ecosystem? Uh, so it's sort of bringing them in. So I think one of the things is uh, that was suggested was uh, the LA Lakers playing a basketball game uh, as an example of... Are, are of, they influencers? <laughs> well, they're celebrities. Or are they, or are they a basketball team? Yeah. Or are we all influencers in our own way? In our way? own special way. I wonder if I've ever influenced anyone. No. no. Um, <laughs> sort of having experiences in there, making it like uh, more of a, yeah, a public entertainment space. And okay. if you bring influencers in, you bring celebrities in, then there's hope that it will open, uh, open the space up to media, which isn't just games media. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you can sort of see why it would be doing something like this it's not e3 isn't the thing that it used to be anymore they need to find an identity Mm. the problem is that any major publisher these days has their own show because they've realized that's a better way of getting uh you know a pr kick for every dollar they spend there's no point putting themselves in a big cage with uh other people where they'll get lost they can say this is our big announcement Mm -hmm. or our big event so, yeah, it makes sense for them to try and find an angle. I am so detached from the influencer space. How many influencers can you name? Oh, I think only the bad ones. Right. That, that's Which isn't exactly, good, is it? Basically, the only influencers I know of are the alt-right ones. And maybe that's because there are only... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, presumably there aren't. Presumably there are good influencers. Yeah. You know, who use their influencing power for good yeah the, i don't know there must don't be don't know though no I w- well you know there is a generational thing here we have yeah. not grown up with this we haven't grown up with social media in the same way that we've uh, barely grown up we've at barely all grown to be up. Honest. um i'm still harking for the old days of msn messenger yeah um so you know we are definitely not the target audience for a bunch of this uh you say celebrity to me and i think it is a similar thing you're just viewing these people it's like just people that you have your eyes on an awful lot and you care about and you, right. you're just interested in so what it's they like do the children's bbc presenters of yeah, back in the day it's like Philip yeah, Schofield. Much. Pretty much. Andy Scof- Crane. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. What was Gordon the Gopher? Yep. That. Was he the original influencer? I think he was. <laughs> I think him and Ed the Duck. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it does make sense for them to have to change things up somewhat um, and make <laughs> make E3, you know. Make a- E3. <laughs> no, don't. No. No. Don't say it. No. And finally, we've entered the last week of September and we all know that means you've got to start your hunt for this year's Christmas jumper. Thankfully, Xbox has unveiled its official 2019 sweater and it's to be known as the Xbox Christmas Unlocked model. It'll cost you $36.99 and comes with a big Xbox X on the front, quite a few snowflakes, the real ones, not millennials, lol, <laughs> some trophies and other Xbox and Christmas things. You can purchase it now, but it won't ship until the middle of October. Christmas is real and it's coming and it will find you. How long do you think it is until Christmas jumpers become uncool again? Ooh, um, well, as a as somebody who has a Christmas jumper drawer, I'm really hoping, like, uh, not any time soon, really. So I think a good thing about Christmas jumpers is you get quite a bit of time, a full calendar year, uh, between uh, between wears. And so it's it doesn't have the same sort of um, tail off as as other items of clothing which you'd wear for a whole season. Maybe that's something your students could think about. Do you think it's about 
it's a bit like every year everyone changes their Twitter names to Halloween things, yeah. and every year I thought, oh, oh it's not going to end. I hope this is the year that it's a nice tradition that harms it? nobody. Is it? Yeah. I think it harms no one. Wait until you see my name for this year. Oh, I thought you were still talking about Christmas jumpers. Ah. Christmas jumpers harm nobody. Nice, uh, soft, woolen. Mm. Mm, that feels, stating that feels like a thing that you'll look into and you'll find out, oh no, it turns out it, they harm Christmas a jumpers well, yeah, obviously, made I in mean, these places for yeah, this amount of money. And they're very cheap and, and you don't want to spend too much money yeah. on it because it's only for a specific Do time Do we know where the Microsoft ones are made? Oh, Probably should look into it, shouldn't no, we? Oh no. Uh, there we go. I mean, yes, yes. Uh, anyway, so Christmas is coming. Um, it's getting dark in the evenings. All we need to do is just sit around the radio, listen to each other talk about uh, video games and start talking about nice things. Thanks, Anne. One life left video game news with Anne Scantleberry. listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. We've been running for how long, Scants? Um, 20 minutes. <laughs> 21, sorry. 21. Uh, and how many uh, years? Uh, thir- are we 13 now? I think we're about 13, something like that. And for all of those 13 years, you've been doing the news. Yes. Yes. Uh, and typically, the news has been five stories. Yeah. But no more. No, we're rebranding. We're re... Well... It's still the news. Okay, we're re- we call- It's the new. <laughs> it's just the new. It's just the new. No, it's three. Uh, no, we're doing three stories because we thought we'd mix it up a bit. Yeah. And what we're going to do um, in this segment, or should we do it before the jingle? Should we get another little jingle for it? Mm-hmm. News Roundup. Yeah. Get Parco. Just shout. Do it. Yeah. Just shout down his phone. News Roundup. Um, we're just gonna we're just gonna have a glance through an informal look at today's papers, <laughs> and by papers. We mean Eurogamer. Yeah, we mean Eurogamer because they're friends of the show. Uh, I did find a bit of news, a bit yeah. of video game news that I didn't see on Eurogamer or hear in your news. Ooh. Maybe it's an exclusive. Did you see the news about Play Pass? I don't know what that is. Mm. Then you didn't, did you? No. It, Play Pass, oh, I should say that's Adam Mills, uh, friend of the show. And by friend, I mean person who left a comment on our website once. <laughs> uh, it's from chipmusic.org and it's called Star to Finish. And it's brilliant, of course. Why else would we have selected it? Apart from the fact that Adam, we know that's his name, seems to be uploading things the day before the show. I think <laughs> he might be gaming our system. No, good. Well done. Well done. Um, so, yeah, I saw PlayPass. Google have announced PlayPass. Have a guess what PlayPass is. Is it a subscription service? Go on. For... Mobile games go on on the Google Play Store. That is correct. So, what devices? Android. Perfect. That is exactly what it is. Oh, great! So it's Google's response um, to Apple. Suddenly, understanding that their ecosystem looks very, very expensive. If Google are offering four ninety nine for a hundred games uh, every month, uh, Google have responded. So, you can pay. How much do you think you can pay in dollars? Oh, dollars. Uh, 
$3.99. Interesting. So you, $12.99. You've gone through a series of thought oh. processes there. How would you, as uh, Google's marketing team, respond to Apple's announcement at $4.99? Initially, you said $5.99. Yeah, because I actually think sometimes pricing slightly higher... Uh, it's a premium product, isn't it, mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Apple, yeah. Oh, oh, go for the cheaper yeah, yeah. one on I your mean, old you can iOS. If you want. Yeah. Uh, then I brought it down, and then I was like, no, because if you're gonna price it up, you you price it way up. Like mm. you go twelve ninety nine. Wow. Yeah. What? I, way. Why up. not go a thousand? Um, that's ridiculous. Okay, so you go way up without being ridiculous. So what are you going for? Three dollars ninety nine. Four dollars ninety nine. Same. 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 Stick. So I can give you one point for that if this is a point system because that's what they've done but on a special offer <gasps> get it for one ninety nine, don't you for the first 12 months oh for the first 12 months because uh apple is giving away the first month for free mm. so you're saving 4.99 brilliant nothing next to the 36 dollars is that math if I got that right, that's pretty good. That's really good. Thanks. Um, wow. That you're saving with Google. I uh, had a quick look through the games. I came away thinking it's usual suspects in it. It's the normal... Uh, it's, it's the games you might expect to see on there. So the premium products that have done well on Android, uh, uh-huh. have done well on mobile, but nothing, as far as I could see, exclusive like iOS it certainly doesn't have the range of exclusive titles mm. so if you look at the iOS titles they are n- new games that's not the case on Android uh, obviously to take the temperature of public opinion I went into the YouTube comments mm-hmm. well, that was a mistake mm. full of teenagers and memes wasn't it but uh, it seemed that most people were uh, the pe- beyond those people were saying the same thing um, they like the pricing at one ninety nine a month, but they're not going to pay four ninety nine for something that is clearly worse than the Apple offering, um, where you get brand new games here. It's stuff they've already played. However, yeah, one game that I did notice in there, Mini Metro. Oh yeah, you remember Mini Metro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, friend of the shows yeah. made that, uh, and I've just noticed they made friends a new... of the show. Is that our official plural? Uh, I mean, it's the grammatically correct plural, yeah. but that's not always how we go. No. True. Uh, so I've noticed from Eurogamer, they've got a new game coming, or it might already be out, actually. Mini Motorways. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I t- uh, one question. in. Uh, you can ask as many questions as you want. It's 25 past. Right. right. So we're all uh, concerned about climate change. Should we be encouraging more metros as opposed to motorways? This, uh, true, yes. Is that enough of an answer? Or, actually... That was more of a think piece. It was a rhetorical question. Editorial. Counterpoint. Okay. Is giving people the ability to experience motorways on their mobile device satiating their desire for motorways in real life, therefore making them more inclined to get on public transport? Think peace. Think peace. You'll, Thanks, see me in, you'll see me in Guardian Long Reads. Beginning of the uh, Eurogamer article. Mm-hmm. I've been reading about the endocrine system recently. It's all completely fascinating. I'm used to the nervous systems by now. These huge network of messages zipping back and forth around the body, electricity hopping between the nodes, and atomize a kiss of synapses firing. But then here's a separate network and separate messages. Hormones, glands, slower, somehow more tidal. It's Donlan. Obviously. Obviously. 100% Donlan. So there's some uh, fresh Donlan on Eurogamer if you fancy that. And it's about a game that will obviously be brilliant. Uh, Mini Motorways. I don't think it's out. If it is out, I've not seen it. If it isn't out, I'll definitely buy it as soon as it is. Great. But you're not going in for the subscription? Uh, On Google Play. I had a look at it. None of the games attracted me. I'm very interested, Anne, in being in your family. Did you listen to the show that you were on last week? Did I? Yeah, I mean, I was on it. Yeah. What happens when you subscribe to Apple? Oh, yeah, you become family. Yeah, yeah okay, and you get, good. Okay, and we thanks. can do Okay, thanks. Good. Oof. All right. Uh, anything else you spotted on, on EG? Yeah, uh, I saw something about, which I started to, I was like, oh, I'm going to write that up. And then it turned out it was old news. So I didn't want to include it. But uh, it's quite interesting that... Um, the bit 
young American singer-songwriter Billie Eilish 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 uh, named a song but it was out ages ago named a song after uh, a video game mm. uh, and now everyone is happy about that it is took, took but unfortunately yeah unfortunately the developer of this video game yeah is on our list oh yeah yeah for yeah, reasons. For reasons. So we can't say anything more about that. No, uh, and it's old news, so... Uh, yep, yeah, so... Don't download Bad Guy. <laughs> I don't know what Billie Eilish song's called. Uh, there, are, there are some... I've just checked gamesindustry.biz and uh, the stories on the front there are rock star veteran Geronimo Barrera is to join Nimble Giants Entertainment. Good for him. Good work. Well done. Well Great. done. Great. Good. Thanks. Uh, Google announces Play Pass subscription service. Already done. covered that, mate. Done. Old news. Borderlands 3 is the fastest selling game in 2K's history. Is it good? I mean, yes, that's... Oh, is the game good? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but hold on, 2K. <laughs> Maybe maybe you want the second fastest game. Maybe you don't want the fastest. Actually, downsides to that, actually, if you look into it. Um, is the game good? I've heard that it is what Borderlands fans want if they are adolescents. It's lots of puerile jokes and some of the same looter-shooter action. It feels a bit dated, given the world has moved on since Borderlands yeah. 2. That's what I've heard. Uh, that's. I think that's something that I read uh, was around some of its... Um, treatment of uh it's not it's not great it's not great um i had a borderlands cocktail at loading on friday night it was excellent but i think that has more to do with loading than borderlands yeah uh and loading's excellent bar staff oh yeah there's a there's a vg 24 7 article that um i sort of had a skim over where borderlands borderlands 3 has uh just recurring jokes about um, people with dwarfism. Right. Which is like, oh, come on. That is a very, like, very sort of 1990s yeah. joke thing. It's something we'd expect from the GMAs, not from... <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, true. That is that is a very 2000s joke you just did. Thank so. you. Bringing it back round. And finally, uh, Legends of Zelda Link's Awakening has toppled Borderlands 3 in the UK charts. So you've never played Link's Awakening, have you? No. And uh, you've got a Switch. Yeah, I've got um, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, very different game. Uh, so Le- uh, Link's Awakening yeah. was my first Zelda game uh, back on the Super Nintendo. Uh, I would guess that must have been about 1991, something like that, 1992 maybe. I was a bit a child. Yeah, so was I. Oh, okay, yeah. I was a four-year-old man <laughs> smoking my way through the uh, old Link's Awakening. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, thoroughly recommend you spend some of One Life Left's money on that game. Okay. Buy it, play it. Great. And enjoy it. The end. Is that our news section I done? I think it might quite be. quite enjoyed that. Yeah. It was quite fun. We're just workshopping this, listeners. We're just, We're just workshopping. Just jamming. If you have any, you know, you have any thoughts... News jam. ...about our, about our news jam, about our new, <laughs> uh, please let us know. Team at onelifeleft.com. And with that in mind, uh, we have two letters this week, which is good because there's two of us. Any more than that would have been awkward. Well, I've got one um, which I'm going to kick off with, okay. which is an old, an old email that I just had to look up because I remembered that I think we've been saying uh, Adam Mills wrong and it's actually Ada Mills. Is this not something we talked about quite a while back? It's the other way around. Oh, is it? Yes. We thought it was... Ada Mills. But it's actually Adam... Adam Mills. No, not Ills. Adam was being clever, combining Adam and Mills into Ah, Adam Mills. Got it, got it, got it, got it. We misread this. As Ada. We apologised. We corrected ourselves. We played several more of his tracks on the show. Yeah. Um, 
and now we have to apologise. So, sorry again. Sorry, I, I just wanted to make sure everything. nobody was being uh, not being credited correctly. Cor- very wise. And yeah. instead, you yeah. <laughs> credited them incorrectly. Again. Yeah, so good work. Good. That's what we do. All, All right, right. Uh, shall I go first? Yeah. All right, Chris Conroy. Regular letter, right? Dependable. Very dependable. Very dependable, CC. Writes, it's a dire digital disaster in his subject line. He does good subjects, yeah, Chris. Very he does. Good. Dear team and dot 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 question mark. Exactly. I needed to buy a physical copy of a PS4 game over the weekend. What? And- Who does that? Well, Chris, apparently. Mainly because it was a present and it's nice to hand something more than a gift card sometimes, but also because of an increasing unease at the separation between the old consoles, cartridges and discs I have lying around and the intangible digital content that's linked to my current platforms. Faced with the prospect of ordering from Amazon or Ashley-owned outlet Game, I was looking for alternatives with the help of the Marioki Discord channel. My order is now with a large independent retailer who came in cheaper than the other two. Thanks, team. With something like 60 to 80% of all games sold digitally nowadays, depending on which sources you read, an unhealthy high street economy and the cyclical attempts to establish streaming services, there are fewer places to buy physical game media. Companies like Limited Run Games cater for the boutique end of the market, but if you factor in the storage footprint of modern, modern titles, patches, dependency on online services and Byzantine... Byzantine? Byzantine. Yeah, Byzantine. Licensing agreements. It feels like we could be heading for some kind of gaming dark age where some releases will simply cease to be accessible. Whether anyone will mourn the loss of an annual update of a sporting franchise or shooter is debatable, but they still represent the hard work of many, many people, and that has to count for something. What do you think? Have we collectively talked ourselves out of long-term ownership? How do we preserve the industry's work for future consumers? And who gets to decide what we keep and what we don't? Yours, concern for collector's correspondent. Oh no, sorry. Your concern for collector's correspondent, Chris Conroy. Um, so I bought, uh, after saying, who does that? Me, I also do it. Hmm. So I bought um, Spider-Man. Okay. I haven't played it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason I purchased a physical copy was because uh, it was much cheaper than buying the digital version. But I would prefer to have the digital version because I am a, a terrible consumerist and I just want to play a thing and then move on. And I don't want it clustering up my life. I just want to have That's the thing, play the thing, move on to the thing. I don't tend to... Would you never would you, go back? Would you delete it if you could from your electronic library after you were done with it? Uh, sometimes I have done. Really? Yeah, just to save space because I don't right, have okay. like yeah, yeah. unlimited, uh, unlimited um, space on so things. So I agreed with you there when I had a PS4. Or I still do have a PS4. When I switch my PS4 on, mm. um, I would always buy digital rather than buy physical because I found changing the CDs just basically annoying. <laughs> But these days on Switch, I always buy physical. Like, always buy the physical releases. And I don't know why that is. I think maybe it's something different about Nintendo. And I think perhaps the fact that it's portable means that I'm I'm there with the system anyway. I don't have to Mm. get up. I sometimes do have to get up to get the box from my shelf. And that is annoying. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I do agree with Chris that tangible things are better. uh, But digital things like you, I like because it's, you know, it's nice to just be done with something and not have to worry about what the thing is anymore. Uh, one of the plus points of having a physical game there that I haven't yet played is that it's there and it's reminding me that I haven't yet played it, whereas mm. most of the things that I've bought yeah, uh, sit on are, are just sitting there, which is a Simon Byron problem, really, it isn't really it? It really is. Um, but yeah, thinking about like uh, how these things are going to age and... And whether they're preservable. I think Chris makes a good point that even, uh, say you worked on um, FIFA uh, 2019. And who's to say I didn't? Maybe you did. You can't I, say. You're I under mean, heavy NDAs. Oh, heavy yeah, heavy NDAs. NDAs. Can't talk about what I worked on. No. Say you worked on FIFA 19 and if that becomes a wholly digital title that actually is next year upgraded to FIFA 20 and FIFA mm-hmm. 21 and FIFA 22. Although I actually I imagine they're on FIFA 20 right now. Um, yeah, the, then if you lo- leave the company between 19 and 20, then you'll what happens, I guess your name is erased from the credits, and you lose access to this game that you've worked mm-hmm. on, which, you know, by the time FIFA 25 arrives, is a very, very different product to the one, that, um, one that's out there. And yeah, it is lost forever, but for the work of amazing digital 
curators like Frank Cifaldi mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the video game museums across the world that are trying to preserve these things. So I think there is an effort to save the save the work of others. But yeah, it is it is also it's definitely a risk. It is definitely a risk. Um, also, yeah, nobody likes to go and stand up. Letters. We've got another letter. We do we? have another letter. Hold You're on gonna a put second. it back on. I will. Give me a moment. There we go. Email messages and forward BCC one life letters. Cannot talk over that. Uh, hello team. And SSG? No. Uh, I recently debuted my documentary about the loading bars, presenting a look at how the spaces were created and the many ways it contributed to London's gaming culture and the industry, including features uh, of their E3 showings, their co-working space and their many events, including Marit, I mean... Hold up, we'll reveal that later. Uh, With that self-promotion out of the way, there have been many excellent video game documentaries over the years that have shown some fascinating bits of insight into different areas of games, with a couple of my select favourites being Finding John Marston, uh, a look at Rob Weirdoff's life since he quit acting after playing John Marston in Red Dead Redemption and Raising Kratos. Oh, and Raising Kratos, a behind-the-scenes into the development of the 2018 God of War that didn't shy away from the struggles of being a creative and constantly dealing with doubts about whether the thing you're making is going to fail. Which game-related documentaries did you particularly enjoy? And that's from Grey. That is a good question, and I'm going to obviously go with the obvious one, King of Kong. King of Kong. Yes, I got sung the other night at One Life Left's karaoke events. Uh, Yeah, uh, King of Kong I thought was absolutely fantastic. I haven't watched Racing uh, Kratos. Kratos, I have. Kratos? Kratos, that's how I know how to pronounce it. Kratos? Yep. Is that how the Greeks would say it, though? No. Is it? No. Is it how the Americans would say it? Yeah. Okay. Kratos. <laughs> it is Kratos. Uh, what do you think? Um, so, I found it really interesting. Um, so, I saw the trailer of it initially when it um, first came out, and I was like, uh, what's his name? It's Corey Barlog, isn't it? I was like, this dude looks like a right... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then watched it, and it was... It was really interesting, and it, it so it focused much more, um, I think, on the on him and on the people that were making it, um, than and the links between sort of like the links between uh, how their lives had changed, uh, his life had changed, some of the other people's lives had changed, and how that had an impact on the game that was made. I found it really, really fascinating, and there are a few points in it which are like, oh my good, they're like super emotional. They. I think that that team opened themselves up massively to it and um, yeah there's a particular point that a woman who worked on the team is talking about um, time with her children it's just Mm -hmm. really really uh, it feels very very relatable and uh, quite raw Mm. and the fact that um, they were able to the team that made it were able to catch that is really interesting so and that's a um, a playstation documentary and that's the kind of thing that they they've done it for other um big titles of Mm -hmm. theirs as well and i find it really interesting that that is like that is something that is done as part of the creation of the game so that game was a colossal success right Mm. it you know won awards and it did very very well and everyone thinks it's brilliant and uh, i haven't played it have you played played no but i you know i've heard nothing but good things about it um i wonder if the documentary would have been more interesting if it had been a colossal failure. Yeah. Uh, because those questions about time being well spent, mm. you know, if at the end you've worked on a product that's made millions of people across the world incredibly happy and is receiving critical and commercial acclaim, it's easier to reconcile that and go, yes, my time was well spent. But if your game comes out and has, you know, 30 Steam reviews, yeah. of which 15 are people going, waste of time, thumbs down. Yeah. Um, you know, I wonder how that leaves you, and I wonder how that affects the, the, the quality of work. These things, like you say, are being produced, you know, funded by the people who, uh, who publish the game, yeah. uh, which does mean it is, you know, there is a, a conflict of interest in a sense, yeah. in a documentary sense. Although it sounds like they've been very oh, yeah, raw yeah. and open with this, yeah. but ultimately the message is, 
It's a great game. I mean, one of the one of the scenes in it is the first time uh, they uh, he plays some game, gameplay live at um, E3. Yeah, yeah, I think it was E3. And just were there like, any influences that? Uh, so many. Okay. And they were all like the sound of the crowd when like a key moment um, happens, and they just go absolutely like Wah! they're yeah. just screaming and everything. And it got me going like it got in my head of like this game is big. It is, it is important. <laughs> I should play this game, which is yeah. very, you know, very, very smart. Um, but yeah, it was just an interesting documentary as well. Uh, I mean, one of the big ones that's always there is Indie Game the Movie. Uh, I haven't seen it. Haven't you? No. Interesting. I, I know too many of the people yeah, involved yeah, yeah. in that. And I, mm. Yeah, I found it really weird to watch and a little bit like... I'm going to say something and I don't know if this is controversial I found yeah. it a bit mucky to watch it did you? just felt a little bit like sort of wanted it I sort of want game making to be a bit shinier and it's it, not and that's probably a good thing not. to show that it's not But anyway it's a good question Greg if anyone has any uh, recommendations for us please email team at one uh, and also you should go and watch Greg's yeah. documentary that you were in Ah, uh, yeah. Your face is on the I'm internet. In I've seen it. Oh, my goodness. I've seen it on YouTube and yeah. everything. Uh, if you go online and search for loading, if you go on YouTube, Yotub. Yotub. Uh, Yotub up, not Anne's cancelled, No. Yotub up uh, loading bar documentary. Yeah. You'll yeah. find you'll find it there. Am I an influencer now? I think you are. I think you are influencing oh, me. You're influencing me right now. Well, All right, let's have a bit of music and then we'll be back with reviews. This is Sol Strins. No, wait, that's not that. There are loads of consonants and vowels in that oh. name. I'll, I'll try again. Solstrasin. 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 Sunday Sketch. It's on chipmusic.org. Uh, we had a event, didn't we? We did. On Friday, Friday. night. Friday. Uh, Friday night. On Friday night, we had our regular video game karaoke event mm. at Loading in Dalston Best Bar in the Universe and it's a very very exciting one for us why is that Scants? Well because we did some actual rebranding and not just we cutting did. down the number of news stories we're doing <laughs> We did, we did some actual rebranding for many many months we've been uh, working on the idea that as our event Marioki grows uh, we should probably give it a different name No reason no particular reason. Uh, we wanted a name that sort of explained what Marioki was a little bit more than our current name, uh, which was uh, given to us by Simon Parkin. Marioki. So any, if you've got any questions or queries, do you bring them up with him? Honestly, we were slightly uncomfortable with the fact that Simon had come up with the name because that leaves us vulnerable yeah. in the future to yeah. a claim. A hostile takeover. hostile takeover <laughs> or claim from Parko, uh, author of... Many things. Death of Video Games. What's this new thing called, though? Uh, Game of Birds of and Birds Wolves. Birds and Wolves, yeah. yeah. Uh, leaves us open to hostile takeover from uh, from this uh, very successful author uh, who could claim credit for the name. We also needed a name that explains a little bit more about what Marioki is. And we brainstormed that for a few months. Yeah. And we came up with something we thought was access, uh, acceptable. And on Friday, we announced it. <sighs> we did. Well, here's what I did. 
Yeah. Did a little PowerPoint, didn't I? Oh, well done. I know, thank it's you. the only way to do things these days. Uh, just after 9pm. In the evening, just after people had, had a few cocktails in them. Nobody expects a PowerPoint after 9pm. No, done a bit of singing, especially, you know, right then, and just like, yeah. all right. You know what the crowd started doing? I said, right, it's time for a, time for a bit of a, a PowerPoint now. Crowd started going, PowerPoint. PowerPoint, Aww. which I've never heard before. No, well, Very you've not been to, to enough business conferences, have you? I haven't, really haven't. Anyway, it was uh, it was quite a moment. It was it was really really good. Uh, went through the old logos, initial name, one song left. Yeah, sure. Showed the logo for that. Good. No logo. No. Showed our first problematic logo for Marioki. Yeah, which left us very open to legal. Yeah. Trouble. Uh, showed our second one, pretty but still potentially problematic mm-hmm. with Parco. You know, yeah. moving around. And then here's what I did: put a countdown thing. Oh, great! Like ten, nine, big fire flame numbers going 10 9 on zero you know what i did what, what? would you do on zero um not do any, like silence no i didn't do that i did the opposite of that big explosion on oh. the screen huge um huge explosion this what is would you, why you're what making would you do after that um then i would um ask people what they wanted no wrong yeah showed an asteroid heading towards brilliant. earth brilliant then what would you do after that um, then I would get everyone to just sit on nope. the floor and hop. Earth exploding. Okay, great. Okay, then what? And then just start practicing some deep breathing. Vast zoom out, universe exploding. Okay. And then awkwardly transition <laughs> to the next slide, which slow- shows the new Marioki logo slowly fading up. And our new name for Marioki is. Marioki. What? Um, it's like karaoke, but modified, modded karaoke. So M, Arioki, Marioki. That's it. So previously, yeah. it was Mario, K E, Mario. So and everyone was pronouncing it wrong. It should have been. Yeah. They should have been pronouncing it Mario, Key. Now, in line with everyone's expectation and pronunciation, Marioki, like karaoke with an M. Modded karaoke, and that's built into the logo. Um, huge thanks to Matt McSherry, who's done brilliant, brilliant design work yeah, on this work. over the last few months, and is going to continue to work with us on work with us on our hashtag brand. We're going to have some merch available what? at our event, and that is our announcement, which I can uh, talk to you guys about right now. Is on the eighteenth of October. <gasps> 18th of October, the day after. In fact, actually, the day I fly back from Sweden, because uh, I'll be at Sweden Games Conference, uh, that Friday, Friday 18th of October, we are doing a relaunch party. Yes. And we are somehow going to do it in aid of Resonance FM, although it will not be ticketed. There might be a bucket or something. Oh, we're going to get money out of you. We're Don't gonna worry. Get You're going to you. donate to this great station. There'll be merch. There'll be Marioki merch right there. Uh, 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 <laughs> very good. I didn't know thanks. you could do that. I have That's, to do the finger at the same time, yeah, otherwise it really, doesn't work. It's very, very good. Yeah. Uh, there'll be merch. Uh, Marioki foghorns, apparently. There'll be stickers, there'll be badges, there'll be t-shirts. And there will be new songs, and there will be other new bits and pieces. I might turn up. You better be there. Yeah. You better be there. It's going to be a brilliant big night. It'll, we'll have a DJ. <gasps> No, we're going late. Yeah, until 2am, dancing. Going to ask uh, two DJs. Ooh, who? Might get DJ Ritter Sport back. Oh, yes. And DJ Kieran Gillen, haven't asked him yet. So unconfirmed. (laughs) Too unconfirmed. (laughs) Unconfirmed. Uh, We're going to have DJ and it is going to be either the official or unofficial EGX Friday night party. Brilliant. Uh, We don't know yet because we haven't asked them either. Uh, so good. All I've got the next day is um, a friend's uh, baby naming ceremony, which is fine. I think let's go till two. Just ask them if they want us to name them because we're obviously pretty good at naming. Pretty good. See what you've been playing. Don't know, Anne. What have you been playing? You don't know what you've been playing. <laughs> Just trying to bounce it back. <laughs> trying uh, to bounce it back. I mean, the answer, the short-term answer is, I've been playing much more Dicey Dungeons. Oh, really? Which is it's the third week in a row is I mentioned Is it a problem? This. Has it become a problem yet? To a point. I did tweet about it the other day. Uh, I managed to not play it for a night, and I was very proud of myself. It is... I've just got a text from you saying I'm at Borough. Well, I'm here now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Dicey Dungeons remains uh, just the best... 
uh, deck building game I've played since Slay the Spire and just such a beautiful, beautiful, charming experience. Still a 7 out of 10. Uh, you tell me what you've been playing. I'll look up what else I've been playing. Well, I'm sure Steve, here's a clue about what I've been playing. I've been playing Borderlands 3. No, I've been playing uh, Call of Duty. Do you know what I'm doing right now? What are you doing? Telling lies. Oh, that's uh, good. That's good because it's also... <laughs> you really do have to do the thing. It's a misdirection. Yeah. Because I was thinking, well, it must be a triple A title. Yeah. In many ways, it is very, very serious. Very triple A. Very triple A. All right, tell us more. Uh, telling lies is... I believe Sam Barlow describes it as, as the spiritual successor to her story. Right. Um, so it's... People usually do that when they don't have the rights to say it's the actual successor. <laughs> Well, it's not... I mean, the story doesn't follow on. No. It's just, like, the same kind of thing. Is it in the same universe? Is it in the... Oh, yeah, yeah. The Barlowverse. Yeah, I think so. The Barlowverse. So it's another FMV, which, again, I looked up the other day what that means. Yeah. And, again, forgot it. Fancy... Fancy... Magnificent... Videos. Videos. Fancy magnificent video game. Yeah. Um, So, as with her story, uh, there you are using um, sort of an interface uh, to open lots of different uh, different videos which are like evidence and they've all been tagged with different things so you can search for different words within the videos um, and you're basically trying to figure out what on earth has been going on and I realised this time exactly how you should play it I think I played her story quite wrong Okay. <laughs> um, now I realised oh they're talking about um this particular organisation or this particular event or this particular person yeah. I should be searching for that organisation's name that person's makes that person's perfect name. sense yeah so with her story what I did was I was going I was doing it more in themes so I would type in love what, what is a word tree <laughs> M- mystery <laughs> which isn't necessarily I realise now the best way well, to do this it's your way there it was are my, no wrong strategies do you know what it was it was her story very good. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, so this is another, a similar thing where basically you're playing detective, but interestingly, you can see who you are when you sit down. So uh, you can see the reflection of you, who you are playing and who you are um, looking these things up. And that's um, very interesting sort of like twist in the story. Um and I really enjoyed that during it. Uh, you sort of like get disturbed by people around you in the room. So it's sort of like reflected in there and and uh, the screen sort of goes a little bit um, uh, sort of misty. So you can't do anything whilst you're listening to the person in the background saying, oh, I'm not going to disturb you, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, and it is time boxed at some point. It just stops and you can't keep looking stuff up. What? Yeah, it's great. Um, is that good? Yeah, really good. Okay. I, I love it when games end. I guess we all do. Yeah. Um, so yes, it's really interesting. Very, very intriguing. There's lots of different bits of the story that you can explore. Um, oh, what else did I like about it? Oh, you can play solitaire in it. Oh, is that? Yeah. Cause, what, and use up your time? Yeah. <laughs> so I did that. Three games. Okay. It was great. Did you win? I won one of them. It's good enough. Uh, but I found out that uh, it has a card missing in those solitaire games because I was like I'm usually much better at this well I managed to beat one of them with one card missing so and then I went back and typed the name of the card into the search Ah. mechanism nothing came up wasn't a clue Ah. wasn't a clue disappointing but should have been yeah yeah Um, so yeah really uh, like interesting concept Uh, I mean if you like her story you'll really enjoy this I really liked the performances in it thought it was really cool uh, like the video, like the performance, everything. Seven out of ten. Good. I've been playing Hypno Cult by Stephen Lavelle in Crepair on Twitter. Oh, interesting. And on the internet. Uh, Stephen's one of my favourite game creators. I think he's absolutely exceptional and he produces so much work and so much of it is baffling. Uh, full disclosure... I uh, Stephen tweeted, you know, does anyone want to test this before release? And I volunteered, so I did test it. You may find my name in the credits, although he did also write to me saying he'd forgotten to put my name in the credits. <laughs> so you may not. Um, it is a game that superficially looks like a uh, sort of minimalist minter game. You're looking down a wire of a Tempest-like grid and lines, bars come towards you and you have to position your cursor 
your marker in a way such that it breaks the bar. But you have to do that by twisting the bars so they're only on the bars that come down are only on single segments and basically you're comp- making the web get more and more complicated and it's mind-bending and I'm terrible at it. Here's the thing about Stephen's games. I'm often terrible at them and then it turns out I don't understand them and then I realise and actually learning the systems is part of learning the rules. That is the case here and at some point you do get a kind of mental clarity. It teaches you to think in a different way. It's just very clever. It's... Sometimes I'm not very... I don't want to be clever. No, I agree. It's not that kind of cleverness. It's an, a sort of like instinctiveness. You're learning systems and your brain is adapting to them. Uh, anyway, 7 out of 10. I also played a game called Wizard Battle, uh, which is a very, very simple puzzle game available on Steam. I just quite liked it. You're a wizard falling down a hole and you've got to move blocks uh, left and right to uh, let the wizard be able to fall five blocks through there. Uh, You've only got a limited number of moves. Really, really simple. It's just quite nicely and warmly executed. It Mm. didn't feel like it had taken the guy an awful lot of time, uh, but it felt, you know, he had an idea, wanted to make it, made it, published it, put it on Steam, done. Seven out of ten. Brilliant. Done. Make a documentary about that. Uh, Good show. I enjoyed it. Uh, Good new. Thank you. Good uh, review. Thank you. Good letter. Thank you. I mean, everything in the singular today. Good everything. Right, uh, we will see you all uh, next week. But until then, we have been One Life Left. Good night! Goodbye!